Another win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's now four in a row. They're one point out of of first place in the Metropolitan Division. I have a full game recap coming up for you all right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor's for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Penguins, they, they, they keep stacking wins. That's now six of the last eight. 15 of their last 17, uh, well, four in a row also. Um, as Penguins are now, again, just one point out of first place in Metropolitan Division. I know the Hurricanes have three games in hand, uh, but they still the Penguins still have one game in hand uh, on the Rangers. So um, they could easily be in second um, as early as this weekend or potentially even um, next week. Um, I'm not going to waste time. You know, I'm going to get in right into this right now, get, get the big negative thing out of the way um, with the biggest takeaways. Um, you know, if, if if this wasn't an indictment, you know, for Mike Sullivan pulling Casey to Smith when it comes to his confidence and saying that he doesn't trust him, uh, I don't know what his. Uh, this game was two to two going into the second period. Two pretty weak goals, I would say. And Sully's like, you know what? F that. I'm gonna go put in my starter, who's been a top five goaltender in the league this year, um, and he didn't allow uh, he didn't allow the, a goal the rest of the way. Technically. Kind of did with the with the Domi one, but you know that was obviously offsides that you know was taken back. So without that, um, he didn't allow anything past him, uh, you know, just for the last forty minutes. But the thing is, and I've been clamoring this point home in this podcast for you know the last several weeks, and you know on my social medias and stuff, you know they have to go out and get a goaltender. Um, I don't know how long Louis Domingue is going to be out. I don't think he's a long-term answer at your backup position. Um, I don't know what's going on with Casey DeSmith. Um, it's weird because he was a 9-12 goalie last year, had two really good starts before the Christmas break this year. It was like, wow, he could be returning to form like where he was last year. And, you know, that would have been fine because he was actually pretty good going into the playoffs. And, you know, there were fans clamoring for him to come in if he was fully healthy because Tristan Jari screwed up that much. Now a complete 180 has happened, and he can't even stop a beach ball. You know, if someone shot a beach ball at him, so you know they are going to have to go out and get someone. And again, Mike Sullivan, I think, sent a message there to Ron Hextall, who was probably sitting up above with Brian Burke, saying, "I don't trust this guy. I hope you don't trust this guy either. Please go out and get Tristan Jari some help, and hopefully sooner rather than later he does." I know the trade market is really hot right now with goaltenders. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need them. You know, you look at a team like the Washington Capitals, you know, I've seen them being floated around as a Flurry destination, though. I don't know if Flurry has them on his NTC list. Who knows? It makes a lot of sense, even though we kind of stink. Edmonton's looking for a goalie, you know, several other teams, I'm sure, out there. You know, Toronto, I think, could use a backup behind Jack Campbell, you know, just et cetera, et cetera. So, 
Um, I would have to think before the deadline run is going to make a move because this can't go on any longer. That first one, um, Nyquist whiffs on the shot. It's pretty good defense. And then for some reason, DeSmith does not close off the angle on his near side post and still lets the goal in. And I was just like really confused while watching that because I feel like a, a high school or a college goaltender could have made that save. And, you know, I understand, you know, goaltending, it's very hard to analyze, you know, just because sometimes the stats don't tell the whole story, but I did not like the goal he gave up there. And then the second one, I, I don't even know what was going on there. Just a really weak goal to allow. Um, and, and again, you know, kudos to Sully for pulling the, the trigger. Cause remember this was a two to two game going into the second period, you know, most coaches will be like, yeah, you know, let's see how he responds in the second. But, you know, I think Mike really wanted these two points and he could see that the team was outplaying Columbus and he put a starter. And even though he got a lot of work last night and he was like, you know what, screw it. We're going to see what happens here. And, you know, to Tristan's credit, to his credit, you know, Tristan played really well as he has done all year. I was not surprised. He made a lot of really nice saves. The one I think on Roslovich, I want to say that was in the second period when it was two to two was just a hell of a save off of a two on one opportunity, just a hell of a saucer pass there. Um, I think it was from Warensky, if I'm not mistaken. But again, you know, this is it's just it, it's coming to a head. Something needs to change, and you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, Ron is going to make a move there. Um, outside of that, though, I thought the Penguins were really good tonight, especially coming off a back to back. I loved the way they started this game. Um, they were forechecking with a, a high amount of intensity, just really ferocious all around. Their defensive work, I thought, was really good, um, their, especially their net front work. I think that was one of the main differences that I saw to start this game and I think throughout the game as well. You know, they weren't being pushed around in front of that area. They were actually, you know, boxing players out, you know, letting Jarre see, you know, the pucks and all that when he came in at least. And it, again, that was just, a, I think, a huge 180 from what we saw. Um, just, you know, the, just the last few games, um, overall, just because it has become a problem. Um, overall, if we look at the underlying numbers for the game, uh, Columbus actually led with 52% of the shot attempts, but I'm um, at five, five, the Penguins led the way with 58% of the scoring chances. Also 58% of the high danger chances, 2.22 expected goals for 1.94 for the Columbus. So the Penguins had 53% of the expected goals in terms of that number, and then outscored them three to one at even strength. If we go to all situations, um, it turns in the Peng everything turns in the Penguins' favor even more. They led in 54% of the shot attempts, 63% of the scoring chances, 62% of the high danger chances, almost five expected goals for, and of course they win five to two, and 2.64 expected goals for um, for the Blue Jackets. So the Penguins got the result they deserved tonight. The numbers back that up. The eye test backs it up. Um, this was just a really nice win. And, you know, I'm glad that there were a lot of Penguins fans in Columbus because, you know, sometimes, you know, Jackets fans in recent years when they've been, I think, more competitive, they try to sell that place out, especially when Pittsburgh comes to town because the Penguins fans come in buses. Uh, not tonight. Uh, I want to say that was probably at least 40% Penguins fans, if not more. Uh, it looked like it, it sounded like a close to a 50 50 split, but you know, Columbus is not that good this year. But also, it was finally nice to play those guys again. You know, I, I miss those matchups. I understand that it's a big brother, little brother thing, but you know, some of those games have high, they're high intensity. It's a little bit of a mini rivalry, even though it kind of reminds me of Steelers Bengals in recent years. Obviously, not this year with how the Bengals played against them, but 
you know, it's just the games have always been competitive. I know John Tortorella is not there anymore, and the Jackets are not, you know, that same boring trap team. That they, actually, they actually opened up the game a lot tonight. But, you know, just it's really fun to play those guys again and just, you know, have a little bit of a sense of normalcy as we try to hopefully get back, you know, to a full normal, um, especially hopefully when this pandemic eventually ends at some point. Uh, I'm going to get to Sidney Crosby later on in this episode because what a game he had. Um, I thought Evgeny Malkin was, you know, a little bit of mixed bag. Crystal Tang, we're going to get into him as well. Um, just the power play. You know, we'll, we'll get into all of this. You know, it's a full game recap episode um, for a reason. But um, before we get to that, so it is a new year, obviously, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret treat stashes. You know, maybe that's at home, in the pantry, in your office, the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Remember, you can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter here at LOS for Penguins. I'm going to take a beautiful sip here of my beverage of the evening. That's just, that tastes so good. Um, you know, it's a Friday night. I'm going to have a Jack and Coke if I feel like it, especially after a Penguins win. And no, I am perfectly fine recording this podcast. Anyways, Sidney Crosby tonight. I mean, this was probably his best performance of the season. Started out a bit slow, remember, three points in eight games. Since then, in his next 20 games, 28 points. That is good for a 115-point base. Seems pretty good. It's almost like Sidney Crosby is still one of the best players in the league. And that what I heard from Capitals media and some people from Capitals fans about a month, month and a half ago when talking about Ovechkin, that Sid is washed, that's just a bunch of baloney. Um, Just never been the case. Don't listen to those people. Don't compare those players usually overall just because they're two different players. Um, I had to throw a dig at them, especially the Capitals media, because I think a lot of those people just don't really know what they're talking about um, up there. But, you know, he's playing at a very high level. All three of his goals were just vintage Sid goals, especially even the empty netter. And I'll get to that in a second. But the first one, you know, he goes around the net, right? You know, that's his office. He loves being at the net front. Oh, sit down low on the power play is a thing for a reason. But, you know, this is an even strength. This is right after um, the Penguins. They give up that two to one. They, the Jackets, excuse me, make it two to one off of a really bad Casey DeSmith goal. Said again, goes around the front of the net, gets a ridiculous deflection off a shot. Boom, tie game, 30 seconds left going into the second. It's just like, you know, you, you don't teach that kind of stuff. And it was just a perfectly timed deflection. And again, where is Sid? right at the front of the net in his office doing his thing. That was the most Sidney Crosby goal of all time. The second one comes on the five-on-three. The Jackets um, take real, two really stupid penalties. The second one was an um, easy delay a game call. I mean, that, that's going to be called every time. The first one, I believe, was when Boom Jenner decided to do Boom Jenner things, gave Ryan Dumoulin kind of a nasty cross-check, 
don't really understand what he was going there, but you know, that's just what Boone Jenner has done um, throughout his career in Columbus. Uh, shout out to him. He has the C, the C letter, um, at least on his jersey now. So that, he's, that's good for them. But, you know, a lot of beautiful passes on the power play, but the, the one that really takes the cake that Brian Russ won the sit, he gets the puck, goes around a defender a little bit, fires it or just just has a beautiful saucer pass through about three to four sticks. Boom, Sid one times it in, four, two. And it's just like, I know like the shot is so good because Sid has a hell of a one-timer, but that pass was just disgusting from Ryan Rust. I mean, again, you don't teach that kind of stuff at hockey school either. And the way that he was able to find that passing lane, you know, that's what a good to an elite player does in this league. And there are not many players that can just, you know, find a lane like that and deliver that quality pass. I mean, you know, sure. A lot of the other you know elite players can, but you know, for an average, you know, run of the mill NHL player, they're not going to be able to do that. But Brian Ross is not that, you know, he's a top six winger for a reason. He's also on the top power play for a reason. Beautiful pass there. And, you know, Sid was able to put the game away for two. And then his third goal wasn't even trying to score it. But, off the boards and then goes all has the angle goes in the empty net. I mean, if that's not the most Sidney Crosby empty net goal, um, I don't know what is. And you could see him just laughing and smiling about it after because, again, he, he knows he probably wasn't aiming for it. If he was aiming for a pass there, he just got lucky enough that you know it didn't hit anyone. And you know what, what do you know? He just he gets a lucky bounce off of it. Excuse me. And at the end of the day. You know, they get the five to two lead, and that was curtains. After that, Mike Matheson. So this was another game-winning goal from him. I believe now he has five game-winning goals with the Penguins, which is I, I want to say that's getting close to like I, I don't think it's a record, but it's it's higher than a lot of other players the last couple of years that have been um, on this team. Um, you know, he got a little bit lucky with that one. I mean, sure, it was a bit of a rifle from the point, but the puck bounced on edge through Corpus Allo's five hole. Um, if that puck is flat, that's the same situation from what we saw in Los Angeles with Jake Ensel. Would have happened, would have stopped on the goal line, and I'm sure Nyquist would have been able to clear it. But the fact that it was rolling on edge made the puck have a little more momentum. So that's why it went into the net and it didn't stop right on, go- on the goal line, just as we all saw, you know, about a week ago in Los Angeles. When you know Gensel almost had the tying goal late in the second period, but the puck basically stays right on the goal line because it's flat um, in that scenario. You know, very rarely will the puck, you know, have the momentum that you know um, a, b- a bouncing or a rolling puck would. So nice shot there from Matheson. You know, think things you love to see. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, he has another goal tonight. It's I, I tweeted about this on my social media. Um, for those that don't follow me. Um, the Penguins have really started to get a lot more offense from the, their, from their defensemen lately, and I can't say enough how big that is. Because early on in the season, um, I want to say throughout the first 15, 20 games, something like that, they only had about one to two goals from their defensemen. And I remember talking about it on the show because that was close to dead last, if not dead last in the NHL. Now lately, you know, especially with Chris Tang scoring a little bit more, Brian Newman's goal tonight, that's now three goals in the last two games for Mike Matheson. You know, the defensemen are starting to put the puck in the back of the net more, and that's huge. Obviously, the, the, your forwards are going to score most of your goals. I mean, that's why they're playing forward. You know, they're, they're paid to score goals here. 
but you know it's always nice to have the defensemen that you know that they can chip in every once in a while the penguins were not getting that at the start of the season well they are now and then some so i really have been liking that lately especially you know, when it comes to matheson i mean he's having um just a ridiculous season at this point you know i said it on thursday's episode i'll say it here i mean you know the key to unlocking him. You know, just keep giving him these bottom pairing minutes. Hell, if you want to give him a couple extra minutes a night and play him top four, sometimes I think you can get away with that. You don't want to be doing that on an every night basis. I think you'll just get crushed that way. I mean, because you know we all saw what happened last year when he played with Marino, um, in a top four role, and you know he kind of got exposed. You know, this year he's been able to play most of his minutes in a sheltered role with Chad Riedel, who has also been really good this year and kind of one of their unsung heroes on the blue line and you're seeing the results with how much offense he's providing, um, how good he's been in the defensive zone and just, you know, his all around game has been awesome. And, you know, he's definitely not worth his cap hit. I mean, that's just a lot for a lot of years, but you know, he's playing at a very high level and the penguins have, they've badly needed, I think someone else other than crystal Tang to step up. And, you know, speaking of crystal Tang, I thought he was really good tonight too. This was a much I think just a much needed bounce back from him just because he really struggled. I thought against the senators on Thursday night tonight was not really coughing the puck up much. Um, defensively, he was fine. Offensively, he had some really nice passes on the power play. Um, you know, just everything all around with Tanger, I thought was really good. Um, I would say, um, trying to think here Ashton race. So he made his return tonight. I don't think he played much in the third period. I think he was nursing a bit of an injury, but it was interesting to me that, um, Brian Boyle was the one that was scratched and not Dominic Simone. I think it was probably because Simone has been playing well lately. You know, the game in Vegas, remember he got the helmet after the game in case you all, um, were on social media, you know, the, the penguins give away that, you know, that, what's the, uh, Oh, the bold penguin helmet. I almost screwed it up there for a sec. Um, just, you know, the player of the game and stuff. And he got it just because of how great de- defensively he was and he was creating chances. He then scores last night. And then, you know, I think part, I think that that was the main reason why he is the 13th forward right now and not Boyle. That's not to say that I don't think Brian Boyle is having a good season. I think he's been a, a relevant, a relative, a relatively, excuse me, surprise uh, for the penguins this season. But, you know, when Ashton Reese is coming back, I mean, he deserves to be in the lineup over someone like Boyle. So, this is the closest they've been to a fully healthy lineup. The only one that they're missing is Jason Zucker. And, you know, I wish the best for him at this point. He's week to week right now with the same injury. Um, trying, I, I don't really just, you know, I, I think I've actually almost nailed everything for this game. Um, I do want to say this, you know, coming up in the next segment, you know, I'm going to get into why the Penguins are just, you know, a perfectly kept secret in the league right now. And yes, you know, again, they're one point out of first place in the Metropolitan Division. So stay tuned coming up for this next segment. You're just going to go into why, you know, I want everyone, you know, to just keep sleeping on this team. Um, but first, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the, spets, the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. That has been online where the game starts. 
All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. Again, I'm going to take a sip here of this drink. And we are back. I think I honestly need more drinks while um, I record these because usually before I started the video, I would pause sometimes just because I would start to get out of breath. And I think for the people that are on videos, they sometimes notice that if I hunch down a little bit. I think I just, I don't know, I, I talk too quick or, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe I just, I talk too much or something like that. But, you know, so the Penguins, again, that's 15 to 17, six of the last eight, four in a row. I love that this is a perfectly kept secret hockey team. You know, I want the media to keep hyping up Tampa Bay and Florida and Vegas and Colorado and all these other teams, Carolina. Um, just, I want the Penguins to keep doing their thing. Because if they keep doing that and no one keeps talking about them, they're just going to keep flying under the radar. And honestly, that's completely fine with me. I don't want them to be a Stanley Cup favorite on a basically an every year basis. You know, we, we've seen that for many years. Remember 2012, 2013, everyone picked them to beat the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final. What happened? 2013, 14, everyone picked them to go play Chicago again in the final that year. We all saw what happened. Um, you know, 2015-16, they fell off the radar a little bit. Then they steamrolled everyone in the playoffs. 2016-17, you know, not a lot of people picked them to go back-to-back. They steamrolled everyone the next year without even having Chris Letang. And, you know, last year, I thought they were under the radar. They should have won their first-round playoff series. They did not. But this year, again, I think that team is better than last year's. And, you know, they're playing like it, especially with the underlying numbers right now. And I just – I want people to – Keep ignoring what they're doing. You know, I don't need a lot of media attention on this team or anything like that. So wanted to get that off my chest a little bit. A couple other things that I noticed from tonight's game. Um, if Danton Heinen could stop missing empty nets and not giving me my free cock guy barbecue from one of my best friends, Jeff, that would be really nice because, again, 2-2 hockey game, Dan Heinen has a wide-open net, a juicy rebound, floats it just wide. And I'm pretty sure that's like the third empty net in the last five or six games that he's missed. He's definitely cooled off a little bit. I mean, this is not to say that he's been bad this year because he hasn't, but he's definitely cooled off a little bit as of late, but you know, he he still probably should have 11 or 12 goals right now with the chances that he's been getting, especially with um, just the empty nets that he's somehow been missing. Um, You know, I'm sure if you give him those chances, you know, eight or nine more times, he probably scores every single time. So um, you know, I'm sure he'll correct it at some point. Uh, Jake Gensel, I have no idea how he did not score numerous times tonight. Uh, he had, I think in the first period, period, five or six shot attempts, which was leading the team. He had a breakaway in the second period. Um, tried to go five home Corpus Allo. He made a hell of a save. He was everywhere on the ice tonight. He was probably the best player that didn't score, at least in my opinion. And he continues just, you know, his toward pace. Uh, you know, honestly, when he doesn't score in games, I'm now surprised just because of how many chances this guy gets on a nightly basis. Um, just the level of play that he has right now is nothing short of, you know, outstanding. So really pleased with how he played. Um, so the Penguins are back in action on Sunday. Game against Winnipeg. If I recall correctly, this is an afternoon matinee game. And if I my memory serves me right, this is a 1 o'clock game. Yes, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, NHL Network and AT&T Sports Network. So... Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the game on ESPN plus if it's an NHL network exclusive game, um, the, the games are not on ESPN plus. So, um, I'm probably going to have to go to like, you know, stream East or something like that. Some illegal site, uh, to watch the game. The Winnipeg is fighting for their playoff lives. That should be, I think a pretty 
good game. You know, Connor Hellebuck has been really good this year. Kyle Connor, I think he's been having a really underrated year for Winnipeg. 21 goals, 40 points in 36 games. Um, he leads them in goals, um, assists, and points. You know, he he's just he's been that good this year uh for Winnipeg. And you know, they have obviously, you know, Dubois is still there, you know, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, um, so many, you know, Nick Light Healers. Um, of course, you know, they have so, so many very good players. And it's it, it's weird that you know Winnipeg is fighting for the playoff line just because they have a lot of talent. Um there, you know, and I and I am going to go look at their lines real quick just to see um, who the Penguins will be getting if I can go to left wing lock um, real quick here. So yeah, they're, they're going to get Hellebuck. You know, Andrew Kopp with Shifley and Paul Stastny. I almost forgot that Paul Stastny um, is on Winnipeg. You know, Pierre Luc Dubois with Kyle Connor and Cole Perfetti. He is now recently called up. Um, Adam Lowry on the third line. Um, Stachnikov on the fourth line with Tony Inato, Josh Morrissey with Dylan DeMello on the top pairing, Neil Pionk on the second pairing, uh, Nate Schmidt is on the third pairing. So yeah, I actually almost forgot, excuse me, so that's my fault. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers is a bit banged up, so it doesn't look like he'll be playing on um, this one. Apologies um, on that one. So I'm excited for this one. You know, Winnipeg, they're, they're always usually chaotic games in Pittsburgh. They've had a lot of really back and forth ones, especially in overtime. I think where the Penguins, I think one of them was like a, seven to six win i, I want to say uh, just a few years ago so uh, i'm excited you know it's, it's always a fun game uh, when these two teams play i know the penguins also have six games at home uh coming up here i'm um, in this next stretch but overall great win tonight by the penguins casey the smith to smith sunk at first tristan jar was able to finish it and Cindy crosby was able to have another hat trick for his story career. Uh, that'll wrap up this one for the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm glad that I was able to do another full week of episodes for you all. But the best part is we're back starting on Monday, full game recap of the game against Winnipeg. And, you know, we'll get to preview some of the matchups coming up later on in the week as well. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Let's go Pens. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.